Kitchen Rudimental, a series in which chef and author Annie Smithers investigates the very basics of kitchen craft. Hello, Annie. Hello, Jonathan. Uh, it's autumn and Annie Smithers is fondling a small bag of chestnuts. I found them in your fridge. There wasn't much else there apart from half a tin of dog food. Well, no, there's not. What did you use the chestnuts for, Jonathan? Um, well, these these were bought um, at, at the delightful event that is Spudfest Trentham. Oh! Which is your neck of the woods. That's right. You came up to my neck of the woods for Spudfest. That was fun. Spudfest, it, it deals a fair bit, as the name may suggest, in potatoes. Uh, but also, yes, there was a, a lovely fellow uh, selling chestnuts, either roasted or au naturel. And you brought um, them back home? Yeah, well, one of the things we really like doing with chestnuts is a pumpkin risotto, then with chestnuts and sage sort of tossed over the top as a bit of extra flavour and crunch. Very lovely. Yummy. Did you buy any of the roasted chestnuts? Uh, no. But they're always pretty tempting. I always think of some sort of a Dickensian street scene with someone roasting chestnuts on a brazier. Yeah, it's. but they are delicious, but they're also... I think they're one of the most feared things in the kitchen. Because they're so enclosed. Well, because they're so much work. They make broad beans Never look like a spring picnic. <laughs> Double putting your chestnuts. Um, well, as you as you've mentioned, I actually do come from that lovely chestnut growing neck of the woods, and of course, this is not the first stage of the chestnut process. They have little hairy bits around they have that. Yes, they, I mean they're full of such wonderful words, aren't they? The conquer, the conquer will the conquers will drive you bonkers because they are very. They're very hard on your hands. So you've got to get the chestnut out of the conker. And then the chestnut has its brown skin. Mm-hmm. And then it has its brown, brown skin. Um, in, in, inside brown skin. And then there is the beautiful flesh of the chestnut. That's and what it, we want. And that's what we want. Cut to the flesh. Cut to the flesh. Cut Do you to know, the I have seen in certain shops um, vacuum sealed bags of chestnut flesh. Yeah, which I is a did. very tempting it's a very tempting thing. So, you know, they are, yeah, they have a very rich history as a European food. Mm. Um, sweetened chestnut puree, unsweetened chestnut puree, delicious in cakes. And, of course, they make flour out of chestnuts, which is gluten-free. Good on them. So gluten, you can make a beautiful layered sponge. With the chestnut flour. With chestnut flour and layered cream and chestnut puree and a dusting of cocoa, and that's very delicious. Can I say it's probably about a week's work? Well, no, you buy it all. You buy the chestnut flour and you buy the chestnut puree. Um, The French love to import it. The the, uh, Italians love a bit of chestnut too, and I think they do things with chestnut honey where the bees feast upon the flower that then begats the chestnut huh. or the conker that holds within it the chestnut. See, perhaps the, the most appealing thing about the chestnut, where apart from all those delightful things which take substantial work to realise, is the tree itself, the tree itself which is, is beautiful, beautiful. And it just drops them down. In the conkers. You don't have to pick them. No. They're on the ground. And they're protected. By their conkers. Yes. They're prickly little conkers. 
The other wonderful use for chestnuts, which is something that I would love to pursue, but alas, I think I'm probably past the age of this being a viable thing mm. for me to do, is that chestnuts have the most beautiful wood. And often in England and Europe is the, you know, they cut the chestnuts back so that all those fresh shoots is what they use for a lot of garden trellising and ah, okay. you know, garden work, which is very familiar in the English and French cottage gardens. So it's probably some, it would probably take 15 years for the chestnut to get big enough for me to cut it all back and then another five years for it to grow can't you, again. Can't you talk to a local chestnut grower about, can I cut back your tree? No, no, they're protective about the trees. Fair enough there. But they are... They're a curious, they're a curious creature, and they have the most. For me, they have the most beautiful mealy texture. Mm. There is something about them that is pretty special. All right, let's let's get to the key question here. And I note that that, that she who must be read, Stephanie, yes, in her book, I think favours the uh, putting them in the oven technique she, for the yeah, peeling. So, so that what's your favourite? Well. There's a number of techniques. Microwave? Usually, usually it is you make a little cross in them. Some people put a cross in the bottom. Some people put a cross on the side. Where do you put a cross in the, the side? Bottom? usually. And the side usually has a bit of give. Yes. Between that outer skin and the flesh. Yep. And then there's those that put them in the oven. And he's just making a cross in and the chestnut. And there's those. Hear that little, little crossing? Crossing. Oh, that's a good cross. Um, there's those that put them in the oven, so you put them in a hot oven until yeah they get warm. Yep. Um, there's those that microwave them. Tricky um, thing, especially with the microwave, is the the batching of it. Yeah. You, you can only work on a few at a time, and then they're going to come out hot enough to burn, burn your fingers. fingers. <laughs> um, some people I've known them to pop them into a deep fryer. Oh. 180 degrees submerged, yeah. and 100. 80 degrees fat. Still going to hurt your little fingers. That all hurts your fingers. That's why apprentices hate them. I'm a hot water girl. Okay, now Annie has got a pot of water boiling on the hob. Now, why do I favour hot water? Probably because it's the easiest thing. And first of all, I'll put half a dozen or so in there. Mm -hmm. Here we go. Um, and the, yeah, I'll start with half a dozen. And some chestnuts peel more easily than other Isn't chestnuts. That true? Yeah. <laughs> yes. And it is a varietal thing. So when you look at tree catalogues and things, you know, they will say easy peel chestnuts. So they've cottoned onto this as a marketing ploy because I'm not sure I believe them. But, but even so. though in, in, a, in any given bunch of chestnuts there'll be some that just pop out sweetly. Oh yes. And give you that wonderful sense of <laughs> Achievement of life is good. Yeah. And the next one will just be impossible to part from its inner skin. I oh, know. They are like that. So So how long have they been in now? Oh, they've been in for a couple of minutes. But, you Into know, we're... Actually, actual vigorous boiling water. Let's just take them out and have a look at them. All right. The other thing about doing them in boiling water is it's just a... It's a safe thing to put them in and out of. So... I'll take my little bowl of chestnuts and I'll put my, a little paring knife is best. And I will ease the first skin off that you can hear coming off in a little crackly crackly. 
And then we've exposed that that inner skin. That nasty inner skin. So you're doing this all with a knife. How do you do it? Fingers. Oh no, I use a knife. Because a knife gives you the capacity to also have a little scrapey scrape and just stick the blade in those little crevices. However you do it though, it's just absurdly painstaking work. (laughs) Absurd. For and you bind them thinking, what a lovely thing this is. Yes. <laughs> when you're out in the cold, yeah, the minus three degrees in Trentham Spudfest. And then you get them home and you've made you've made a good dint on that bag of chestnuts. But I guarantee that if I wasn't sitting here peeling them all for you, is they would probably get thrown out in two months' time because they'd be dried up and shriveled. Can I just say that's unkind. I may prove you wrong. Well, look. So these are peeling very nicely. Yeah, just after that that little splash. That that's... little splishy splash and a nice hot bath. Yeah, bath hot enough. I think to take the knife. Skin off. The knife is is a bit revelatory as a tool here because. So you did it with your fingers. Yeah. Oh dear. Which can work, but it does mean you need to get them hotter, I think, to maybe free the skin a bit more, which again is even worse on your hands. Probably means that you haven't spent your entire apprenticeship doing things like this. No. <laughs> Thank you, Mrs. Alexander. <laughs> so there you go. So I think So what are you gonna do with them now that we've got them peeled? So you like them with risotto. Yes. And how do you cook them? Um, just in a pan, a bit of butter and a bit of salt. Yeah. Sliced before that, of course. Sliced, yeah. not crumbled. Uh, no, sliced is kind of nice. It's very sophisticated. I just crumble them up, being the peasant French farmhouse <laughs> cook I am. <laughs> what the, you, you want that aesthetic. <laughs> um, well, there's, there's a myriad of things that we can do with these. I did do something this weekend, which was straight out of strange that you mention it uh, one of mrs alexander's cookbooks mm-hmm. and i made her choux farci excuse me her stuffed cabbage with chestnuts uh-huh. and it's in um her traveling in southwest france book and choux farci is a very lovely thing which i think we should cover next week because it's a beautiful autumnal dish yeah but we did use chestnuts in that, as I followed the recipe in part of the cooking. But what would I do with them? There's a lot of things I'd do with them. Uh, you can cook them up in milk and a bit of sugar and create Mont Blanc. Do you know about Mont Blanc? I don't. So Mont, Mont Blanc is worth looking up. It's a very traditional French dessert. Yeah. Um, again, I don't know how many chestnuts you actually need to make a a restaurant service or even a small dinner party's worth but you cook them up one thing is certain you'll spend an hour or so peeling chestnuts it could be more (laughs) could be more um but you cook them up and you put them through a ricer and you make a little mountain Ah. of chestnut puree sweetened chestnut puree and then you put some whipped cream on top like mont blanc (laughs) Don't laugh. It's delicious. No, I'm, I'm it's very delicious. Simple but effective. Another very delicious thing to do with chestnuts is to make chestnut soup as a savoury thing. Mm-hmm. 
And again, you need a lot of chestnuts. This is a bad chestnut. That's really annoying. Yeah, naughty chestnut. When you get when you go to all the trouble of peeling it, and it's all brown and, it's and brown gacky. inside. Yeah. That's that's yeah, that. very annoying. Um, so chestnut soup, sweating off some uh, onions, a bit of garlic, maybe thyme would be lovely, winter savoury would be lovely, adding some chicken stock or vegetable stock if you are vegetarian, and simmering the chestnuts, I put a bit of potato in there because let's just accept the fact that potato extends the amount the amount of uh, it's chestnut without the peeling it's chestnut <laughs> without the peeling in any other language so so i think you know those are the sort of things that i would do with them but i think your idea of risotto is well, a very lovely thing it's just a nice way to enliven your common or garden pumpkin risotto that's all well pumpkin and chestnuts go together beautifully and that's part just popping some more in that's part of that wonderful seasonal cooking thing mm. is that we know that chestnuts are available now we know that pumpkins are available now mushrooms are available all of those things are in that beautiful seasonal sink and they tend to go really beautifully together by strange coincidence by providence strange, <laughs> strange coincidence and turn of the seasons they go well together all right, so next time is, is this next batch boil. When we, What will we talk about? We're going to talk about choux farci. That's what I thought it was. Yeah, so it's stuffed cabbage. First catch your cabbage. First catch your cabbage, indeed. All right, there we go. Chestnuts and Annie's recommended peeling method is to cut Just the cross and boil. Yeah. And use a knife. I don't think we need to get too fancy here with our chestnuts. Andy, thank you. It's a pleasure, John. Listen to more great stories that take you beyond the headlines. Ask your smart speaker to play ABC RN.